anybody that tells you must is selling something. Okay, with one exception, with the exception of the very few truths of being, the absolute. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, I'm Mike Dooley, here to remind you once more that your thoughts become things. And I'm going to do it today by dropping another edition of a week's worth of spiritual tune-ups. These were broadcasted live. My answers to fellow adventurers questions about life, dreams, and happiness. And each one took five, 10, or 15 minutes. We've sewn them all together for your viewing and listening enjoyment. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, happy Monday. Glad to be with you for another spiritual tune-up. Thanks for your great questions. Mike, we hear you about thoughts become things, affirmations, creative visualization, etc. These days, however, there are so many other people talking about this stuff. And I heard from someone recently that NLP or Neuro Linguistic Programming is a must for rewiring the brain to reverse patterns and manifest new things. Can you tell me what, you, what needs to be done as it gets confusing when we hear about all these different modalities. Anybody that tells you must is selling something, okay? With one exception, with the exception of the very few truths of being, the absolutes, we are one, there's only love, thoughts become things, it's all working out for the best, uh, and uh, that's about it, we are eternal beings. That's it. Apart from that, there are no other rules. There are no limitations. You are the prime mover. The prime mover. Not God, not your zodiac. You are the prime mover of all things that you survey. Everything, the sun, the moon, and the stars, it all is a reflection of you in ways that boggle the mind and that there are no words to capture. You are the source of all you experience in everything else in the weirdest of ways like beliefs, NLP, tarot, astro, numbers, fifth dimension, palm, palmistry. Everything else is a reflection of you. So let me go a little deeper and then I'll talk about each of those things and how they reflect. And I'll tell you what you can and ought to be doing to live deliberately, create on the fly and be a joy being your birthright. Um, so first of all, thoughts become things. It is the end all and the be all of life in these sacred jungles of time and space. There's nothing else. There's just you and more you. And what are you but a collection of your thoughts, AKA your focus. It's all about your focus and your focus is all yours because of free will. It's a free will universe. You can break any pattern. You can change the reflection in your mirror by changing what you choose to focus on through free will. Thoughts become things, not sometimes, but all the time. Not just the good ones, but the other ones too. But happily, your positive thoughts, thoughts in alignment with truth, are 10,000 times more powerful than your other thoughts. Now, I'm not going to go down that road. I've shared that uh, umpteen times already in the the hundreds of spiritual tune-ups that there are, but please get that it is your thoughts, your focus that determine all else 
through free will, you choose, you break patterns, your kingdom or queendom has come. Everything else is secondary. Your beliefs, they're almighty. Almighty. That's, that's like the biggest word you can be, right? Almighty. Why are your beliefs almighty? Because they allow you, inspire you, or shut you down in your thinking process. Your beliefs are almighty because of your thoughts. Yet you can change your beliefs by changing your thoughts. And I've talked about that at length in other spiritual tune-ups. Let's look at NLP. NLP is the accurate, scientific, mind-boggling revelations that our thoughts follow certain neural pathways that we blaze a trail on. And we let shrubbery and overgrowth, you know, uh, bog down the rest of the way. And so we get used to and really comfortable with certain pathways. And this is the study of neuro-linguistic programming, NLP. And it's all about changing your NLP. How do you change your NLP? How do you have new pathways that tell you abundance is your birthright? That friends and love are waiting for you around every single corner. Your thoughts, your focus, you do not have to do NLP. You do not have to know about palmistry. You do not have to know your tarot card readings. You do not have to know your zodiac sign. They all are a reflection of the magnificence that is you in the eternal now moment. And if you change the you in that eternal now moment, the reflections change. You don't even need to know that. Just know that it's about your focus. And your focus needs to be congruent with your words and your actions. We're going to go there in just a second. Tarot card readings, big mirror. It's a mirror. It's accurate. They're amazing. I hope you find a good reader. But don't let somebody pollute your thinking with, oh, watch out for this and don't go there. And May's going to be great. And April, you better stay. June, you better stay home. That's pollution. That taints your thinking. That creates a new neurological pathway. You don't need to know that. Just don't go to anybody that would put you in a cage, even if it's a pedestal. Okay, just don't go there. Um, astrology. This is understanding your birth star, your moons and your nodes, stuff I don't really know about. Um, I'm learning right now, actually. And my God, there's something there. It's humongous. It's like one of the best mirrors ever, but don't be deluded into thinking that you you are giving your that you are limited in any way. Okay, no matter what your sign, no matter what your moon, no matter what Mars is doing, you create your reality through your thoughts, your focus, your expectations, all the same thing. Thoughts become things. Uh, numerology, big reflector, big mirror, the fifth dimension. Yeah, that's kind of what's going on because we all agreed to be alive right now, moving from third and fourth into fifth dimension, um, just like we might choose to live in California or uh, Kathmandu or, you know, planet Earth versus Brohashka. Uh, we chose this and this is a planet now rising. This was in alignment with who we now are in the moment. Okay, and those who are not in alignment with the, the shift, well, they're going to find a playground that is in alignment with where they're at. And there, there's no limitation, but it's about their focus. Their experience will be a reflection of their focus. Palmistry, I'm told that your palm changes as you go through the years. Uh, and it's no doubt. It's because you change and there are only probabilities. Probabilities you chose at birth. Not destinies, not fate likelihoods. If I get, if I'm, if I'm the son of him and her, 
my path will likely go this way. Oh, that's a great path for me. Or that's a sucky path. I'm not going to go be their kid. If I go over here, my path might go that way. Oh, that's what I want to learn. And that's how I'm going to discover my power. Okay, I'm going to go over here. And we choose knowing the probabilities, the vibrational uh, dimension, uh, and the choice in ways that are impossible to explain. You in an an eternal now uh, reflects through numbers and zodiac and everything else who you are. But don't go looking to the reflection to see who you are because of free will. You can change who you are on the fly in a lifetime. And yeah, you'd probably be within certain realms, certain channels, the channels you chose and the channels that are wide open for no matter how you evolve, there's still going to be objectives, lessons, and joy. So you're not limited. It's, it's you being your true soul essence, who you wanted to be. And yet some people might suddenly want to be something so different than everything they ever chose that it won't fit in this current incarnation with the existing probabilities. And so they check out. When one door closes, another one opens and the marching bands play in this eternal dance into becoming who we really are, the eyes and the ears of the divine and knowing it. All right, so let, how do you get what you want? Thoughts become things, numerology, change your beliefs. Okay, follow your heart, your intuition. It's the leader. Your brain and your ego and intellect, they should be the co-pilot. They're valuable too. You want both players. Follow your heart. If your heart isn't, if your heart is mute because it's been broken, because you've messed with the house and the shoulds too long, shoulds too long, then, then do your best. What do you think your heart would say if it was functioning right now? What are the best paths before you? If they all suck, choose the least sucky and go, as I like to say. So follow your heart. Your heart will lead to dreams. If you don't know what to dream, dream happiness. If you don't know what to dream for yourself, dream something for someone else. Be of service. And once you've got direction with your heart and your dreams, visualize. See it already done. Picture in your mind all that you can be and you will be creating new neurological pathways. Keep visualizing it and then be congruent with it in your words. Create affirmations. I am a happy spiritual international millionaire. I am a happy happy spiritual international millionaire. I am. Okay, I'm not going to go to my new one. Um, so after you've got your words in alignment with your thoughts, go to your beliefs, not because they're more important. Thoughts are most important. Go there because with your thoughts, you can break patterns and change your beliefs. So go to the beliefs, identify the beliefs you would like to possess. Uh, and actually, this is not go to your beliefs. Go to the beliefs you would like to possess. List all of them, see their validity, and act as if they're yours. I've done spiritual tune-ups on that probably several times. And lastly, show up, show up, show up, show up, go out, be happy, enjoy the journey, have a glad heart, dance life's dance, be early at work, stay a little late, say yes, and say no sometimes. They're both super powerful. If you're like, meh, that's just not going to unleash your power, okay? So try to be yes or no. Um, and everyone's going to want some of that. Everyone's going to want some of you. And you're going to love yourself because you can do anything by changing your focus because your thoughts become things and everything else is just a mirror 
to your thoughts. You don't have to worry about anything else. Not that you have to worry about this. Just choose your thoughts wisely. And here's a trick. When you're dealing with lions and tigers and bears, because they're, they're part of the fun, right? You got to admit they're part of the fun. You know, depression, anxiety, confusion. Oh, I want you to identify your lions and tigers and bears. You can just do this in your mind. You know, right now, I'm almost done and you can do it. You know, what, what's, what are the two or three big things? And I want you to see those as easy objectives to cut on through. You've done it before in your life. Others have done it. Come on. These, these issues are invitations to take you higher than you have ever been before. You will get it. You will go past it. It will be easy. And you'll be helping other people deal with those things one day in the future. So look at these lions and tigers and your bears and put on your list of beliefs. It's easy. I got this. Uh, I am their creator. I am therefore their greater. I am their creator. I am therefore their greater. You are the greater. You're eternal. You're flipping God Almighty. Come alive in the dream of life. See your obstacles as easy because they are. Okay, look at the, look at the ding-dongs who have succeeded with that in spite of it. And look at the times in your majestic life when you actually defeated anxiety or depression or addiction or some other kind of fear, insecurity, phobia, intimidation, feeling inadequate. Come on, you're amazing. You really are amazing. And there's nothing you can't do. You're going to do it all and so much more. You're already more than you ever dreamed you might be. And so much of the credit comes from here. The kind of person you are and the way you think and the way you empathize and the way you see reality, no one's ever seen it with that perspective. And this being awesome is not necessarily a function of going out and making millions of dollars or you know, impressing other folks. It's, it's the distance you've gone here. And look at you now, poised for the best of your life. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, it's Mike Dooley. Time for a spiritual tune-up in this most awesome of all adventures called life. This one's a doozy. It's going to go uh, a little deep before it gets clear, and uh, I'm going to do my best. Mike, if it's all me, who do we pray to? Because you've heard me say yesterday and so many times before, there's really only you and more you, that you're a divine creator stretching out as far as you survey, as far as you can see, feel, think, contemplate. That's just more you. So who do we pray to? Specifically, Mike, I've been wondering lately if everything is me and me and more me, then what about angels and spirit guides? Those are real. Are there higher beings we can call, call on that aren't actually us, so to speak? I think I've heard you touch on this some before, but could you elaborate? Because sometimes for me, I would really rather have help outside myself to call on. Okay, I can totally relate, but realize that you are infinitely more than you understand yourself to be. Um, you are the eyes and the ears of God. And sure, God is more uh, than than what you know yourself to be. But there's that gap, the things you don't know that you don't know. And, and today I'm going to try to get you a little closer to that. And yesterday I talked about having maybe a book club or you know some kind of read along and share some, some of my favorite books. Well, I'm going to dip into that right this minute. I don't know what the, what the jury is going to ultimately decide, but this is one of my all-time favorite books. 
Ken Carey has written my other favorite books, The Return of the Bird Tribes. And here there's a description of what consciousness is all about. Consciousness being you, what you are all about, what I am all about. The consciousness of a cell or a molecule or your dog or your whatever, the, the, the pebble on the beach, okay? It's all conscious. Okay, this is the intro of the book when Ken Carey is explaining his connection with the beings, these informational beings that he ends up channeling. They describe themselves, Ken Carey says, as condensations of consciousness in a sea of universal being, temporal embodiments of eternal qualities, ever-changing in form and content, yet consistent in the qualities they represent. The qualities being love, uh, wonder, joy, expansion. Okay, so this is what all of us are. We are condensation of consciousness, condensation of, uh, 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 of consciousness. Uh, imagine, if you will, that God, in a way, creates the physical universe and then in an explosion of trillions and zillions and billions, zillions of particles, each one is like a trajectory, like a firework. It shoots out into the physical universe, a little pinpoint of light. And all of it is pure divine energy, is pure God consciousness. But for this exercise, if you will, God is able to individualize so that each point of light in the zillions upon zillions upon zillions of light is a speck of God that sees itself from that perspective. And while its body embodiment may be temporal and it'll incarnate as Mike and then next as Betty Jo and then next as whoever, um, the, the spiritual soul qualities of wonder and discover creativity and power is always present. So we have these little bits of energy, if you will, that are of divine consciousness. And within each spark, there's further sparks that spread. And somewhere in there is you and I. And if we kind of trail back to where we came from, we would find higher and higher, more complete, more cognizant, more remembering versions of ourself. All the way back to total awareness of everything always at once. This is what God is. Divine, brilliant intelligence held together by love. And so who do you pray to? Well, you are all of this. You can now see it's just the focal point that you experience in time and space. But you pray to your higher self. You pray to the angels that are also those focal points of God. You, you pray to the overall being itself. It doesn't matter, but it recognizes, most importantly, that you are more than who you thought yourself to be this whole time, this big charade. You are infinite. You are eternal. You are powerful. You are the sun, the moon, and the stars. And so when you're facing yesterday's lions and tigers and bears, you're the greater. You're so much greater. You're this little pinpoint and you've created these, these dramas, but there's so much more coming and you being the creator can change that which you don't like. 
And yes, call on the angels. They're very real. Call on your spirit guides. They're very real. And yes, they're another part of you, but they have a different vantage point than you from within time and space. And here's the, the kick of it. When you begin realizing this and that there's you and more you and that you look out at the horizon or the scenery or the trees or the birds or the, the ocean and you start seeing yourself in all of that, this is the great awakening. This is realizing who you really are. Eternity. You are all that you experience. You are all that you witness. You are all that you see, not just the thoughts you choose to think when you do creative visualization. You begin to realize it's all of you. And this is otherwise known as self-realization. This is otherwise known as enlightenment. Enlightenment is not a destination. Neither is self-realization until you're the big kahuna and you know everything everywhere always at once. But that could never be contained in the vessel of your physical form right now. You are God's only chance to experience life in this condensed form, this spark, also called by Ken Carey, a lens. You are a lens of consciousness through which the divine sees reality. And, and the divine is seeing through you and the divine is seeing through me. And we're both made of the divine. And as many writing suggest personality is generally kind of not what you think it is. I mean, you will always exist as this individualized condensation of consciousness. You will always exist and have that personality. You're, you're an ever ready mode. But we kid ourselves when we think that we are this separate being apart from consciousness and this matters and that matters what we start understanding is that we are one of a whole. As Ken Carey continues to say in this beautiful writing, you are, this is the channeled entities now speaking to Ken. You are cells in a universal whole. Intelligent cells, now dormant, but with mind and brain circuitry designed to reflect the thoughts of the creative spirit at the source of your life. As you release the fictitious beliefs, the fictitious character, false identity that stand in your way, memory of these things will return. You will recognize eternity's thoughts as your own and activate historically latent features of human design. What does that mean? You will, with realization and on the path to enlightenment, the journey, there's not a destination, you will end up attracting more knowledge and more knowledge. The barriers are gone. You will activate ESP and clairvoyance and clairsentience and full brain activity. You'll be able to activate your light body. You'll be able to ascend. You'll be able to teleport. You'll be able to shape shift. All of these things are real. I know it sounds kind of crazy. Look at your heritage. You're freaking God almighty playing a game of being little. You're so much more. Wake up. Realize who you really are. There's a little bit more here. You will see that creature and environment are inseparable. Creature and environment are inseparable. There's you and more you. Creature and what they witness and their environment, they're one and the same. And that environment does not stop with an ecosystem, but extends to include your star system. 
and every galaxy resting in the universal sea. Boom! Mic drop. All right, so anyway, pray, absolutely pray. Pray to the highest within you. Pray to the God Almighty that shines through your eyes. Pray to your angels, guardian, and spirit guides. Um, Self-realization is where it's at. You are so much more, and you can wake up to all that you truly are. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, this is Mike Dooley. Time for a spiritual tune-up. This question is about taking action. Why we take action? The answer is not very likely what you think. Mike, you have said our wishes should be actionable. Now, actually, I don't think I use those words, but I get it, and yes. If my wish is for a feeling or a state of being, like unbridled joy? Or what if it's even financial abundance? Are these actionable? Are the steps just doing things that I think will help me feel that way? Is that why I'm taking baby steps so that I'll feel like I'm in the zone and of the vibration of joy or abundance? Maybe I'm overthinking. I'm a little confused. Please share some thoughts. All right. Well, action is a very slippery word. Uh, There's taking massive action, massive action. Many advocate that. Others advocate inspired action. Let it be your intuition that leads you. But pretty universally, we are advocated, suggested to take action. Very few people think that things are going to happen if they're just sitting around uh, with their vision board on their couch. And mostly, they're right. The day will come when we perform spontaneous manifestations. But today is not that day, all right? We came from that place where everything was bing, bang, boom. You got, you thought it, you had it, all right? We wanted an adventure in the soup of time and space where there's linear time and there's momentum and there's this, you know, body of evidence, body of thoughts, 60,000 a day where different things are able to kind of squeak and pop out of the woodwork based on our intentions, our focus, our words, and our actions. For right now, let's not think about spontaneous manifestations. That's where you came from. Let's do something more amazing, more astounding than spontaneous manifestations. Let's magnetize. Let's attract. Let's put a thought in our head and imagine that it's real and feel that vibration act the part, speak the part. I'll go through the steps in just a minute. And then just watch as the closest equivalent to what we're thinking about. And there's always an equivalent or better. Always. Just let it emerge into your range, into your field of perception. It might be it might be five minutes. It might be five days. And if it's really worthwhile, it might be five months, five years. But oh my God, Like the life I live today, you will think that didn't take long, even though it took decades. And you'll think, like I have thought, I would have waited five more lifetimes to live the life I'm living now. And so as long as you enjoy the journey, which is part of the equation and one of the points coming up, then you're good to go. Realize that you attracting out of the soup of matter is every bit the miracle that spontaneous manifestations are, but now you get to play, you get to dance, you get to fall in love, you get to experience the lies of a linear timeline, which are 
which make so much fun possible. The adventure possible, okay? The suspense possible. The bated breath possible. Three, three things that taking action does. And one thing that it will never do. First, the three things. It demonstrates and increases your underlying beliefs of your inevitable, imminent success. This is what you were talking about in your question. Yes, one of the reasons you take action is to get you in that vibration where you're already there and you're totally feeling it. And yes, it's all about feelings and emotions. So your thoughts give you a direction, your actions give you the warm fuzzies, and you're out there in the world. By taking action in the direction of your dreams, no matter what it is you do, no matter how effective or ineffective it is towards the manifestation of your dreams, you will be increasing a sense of your own inevitable arrival. So do something, do anything, because you're creating that space, which is the second of three things that taking action does. Number one, it installs and emboldens the belief of your inevitable success. Number two, you create a space almost as if through prayer or having an altar where you just clear the slate and you're like, here I am. I asked for it and here I am because you have gone out into the world and there you are. Even if it's out on the internet or you're writing your book or something, you have created a space, a pattern interrupt for magic to come into your life. And then you are reachable by that magic. Now you're out there. You're Benjamin Franklin flying that kite and the lightning bolt's going to strike. And that lightning bolt is magic in your life. Great things are going to happen because you created a space and you are now reachable. You would not have been reachable had you been hunkered down on the couch waiting for Oprah to call. And number three, I alluded to this earlier, that the third thing that happens when you take action, when you're living a life in form, oh my God, it doesn't get better than this. You have fun. You meet people. You fall in love. You fall in love with yourself. Other people fall in love with you. You see beauty around every corner. You see love behind the eyes of, inside the eyes, whatever, and behind the eyes of every pair you look into. Okay, this is, this is living. And this is why it's the journey that's more important than the destination. The destination gets a journey started and now you're out there in the world and you raise your sights and you set a new level and you have new targets. And yes, those dreams come true. And yes, it's a lot of fun when a dream comes true. But the journey, in the journey, you become so much more than you were before the journey. So three things that taking a baby step does for you. It emboldens your belief in inevitable success. It creates space and makes you a lightning rod for transformation, reachable by the universe. And you have fun, make friends, fall in love. Maybe even make love. All right, so three things that taking action does. The one thing taking action never does is make the dream come true. It does those other things that make the dream come true. But the action step itself doesn't make the dream come true. I, I know that this is a slippery slope. I know maybe I'm splitting hairs, but I really want to make a point here. If you think that, that it's on your shoulders to take that baby steps and hit that home run, it's too much pressure. And that's not how it works. You show up, take one baby step, the universe takes 10,000. You take another one, the universe takes 10,000 more. You take another and another and another 10,000, 10,000, 10,000 more. You stop, the universe stops. 
The universe is going to make your dream come true and you're going to set it free. You're going to unleash it by showing up with baby steps. So take the flipping baby steps. They don't have to be right. I liken it to you're the pitcher and the universe is the home run hitter. And in this metaphor, you're both on the same team, even though in baseball, the pitcher's on a different team than the hitter. Okay. People have told me that a million times. I know that. All right. So you're pitching it to your, your teammate, the universe. You don't know which pitch the universe is going to smack out of the park and you're both going to be winners. But it won't smack anything out of the park unless you're pitching. So pitching are your baby steps. Pitching is you showing up. Pitching is you taking action. But you don't know what's going to pay off or not. You have one choice. Pitch. Keep on pitching. Pitch with a happy heart. Pitch and have fun pitching. Pitch and get your friends in on the game. Keep pitching the ball so the universe can hit the home run. Too often we think that we have to hit the home run because there's a law of attraction and we are the eyes and the ears of the divine and our thoughts become things. So now watch me. I'm going to go make my dream come true. Oh my God, the pressure would overwhelm anybody. Don't approach it like that. You can't make your dream come true. Not in a zillion years. The universe will, but you got to set her up. You got to pitch the ball to her. So just go out with your happy heart, throw the ball, believe in yourself, create the space, become a lightning rod, have fun. Then the universe will hit the home run and you will just be in utter awe and amazement at the spectacular life that you're living. And you will wonder as I wonder, what role did I play with my feeble baby mortal steps? lost, confused, self-doubting, no confidence to deserve so much. You will ask that question and then you're going to realize you are more than you ever noticed, that you ever knew, that the universe was in on the action long ago. You want to create a change, you want to manifest anything, dream, dream big and then show up, show up, show up, show up. Go down any road as I have said about 700 times in these past 300 uh, daily spiritual tune-ups. The road you start out on is not going to be the road you arrive on. You're going to start out on the wrong road. But because you started out on the wrong road, it will turn into the right road. But there's no right road coming to you. So if you wait for the right road, you're not getting there. So just go. Do the least sucky things if you don't know what the great things are. I've said that 740 times. And be out there in the world having fun, falling in love, being loved. Uh, any road, hold on to the dream. Do not attach to each baby step, but attach to the abundance. Attach to the blissful priorities, uh, unbridled joy. Attach to the end results that are wisely defined, as I have reviewed in spiritual tune-ups. And then do not attach to each baby step because they're going to be wrong, almost all of them. And none of them on their own will make the dream come true, but they'll unleash the universe doesn't matter if they were right. doesn't matter the road. Go with a glad heart. Have fun. Show up. Start the book. Start the business. Ask for a raise. Get a promotion. Ask her out. Ask him out. It's all here for you. You are the sorcerer, the magician of your genie's life. Wave your wand, which is being yourself in action out in the world. You are your wand. Okay, Dream and show up. Couldn't be easier. Thy will shall be done. Believe and ye shall receive. And you'll believe quicker when you take baby steps. Jumbo, fellow adventurer, happy Thursday, almost at the end of the week. I marvel at the fact that 
I feel like I know what I know, yet I'm still happy when Friday gets here. And I think that's, uh, I think there's room for that. Hope you're happy no matter what day of the week it is that you're watching this live or recorded. Mike, are we really supposed to love the ugly, love the hurtful, love the hate? Mike, here's a scenario. Let me say I agree with you that there should be no rules. There's no conditions. This is a free for all free will society where love is the glue that holds us together. I should love myself no matter what, right? Well, let's just say hypothetically, what if I go and commit a horrible crime? Not that outside conditions wouldn't come into play, prison and all, but I think there are a lot of people in prison today who are perfectly happy with whatever they did to get there and they still love themselves unconditionally, especially narcissists, and they have no regrets. Is that who we are? I don't know. There must be a line somewhere. Oh, this brings us to a, a favorite talking point of mine. Not an easy one. Um, there is no way that any amount of words can put a smiley face on the awful, the ugly, the hateful. Okay, I'm not trying to put a smiley face on it. I'm not trying to justify it, but I'm trying to put some order to it so we can understand in this bastion of perfection and order that that things are playing out to a greater good, no matter what our physical senses show us. Now, please hear this. As I have shared uh, from another direction, that while we do not live in a judgmental universe, there's no judgment, there's no hell, there's no devil, we do not live in a judgmental universe. That does not mean we live in a neutral universe. That does not mean that the universe doesn't care. Okay, the universe cares passionately, desperately, madly in love with you and everyone else and realizes that through confusion, only through confusion, not through evil, people do evil things because they're confused. Through confusion, there is rise to the ugly, the hateful, the hurtful. All right, and with this perhaps mindset, we can understand that we came here, if you will, I've shared this metaphor before, as if on a wave of love. You know, energetic beings of God, by God, pure God, we were careening through the cosmos, this unstoppable, eternal, magnificent wave of love, filled with wonder and possibilities and numbing intelligence. And we created this little rest area called the jungles of time and space, where we would ab actually forget who we really are so that we could discover who we really are and in the process fall in love and experience love in ways unimaginable. There'd be drama and temptation and success and fear. Oh my gosh, things that do not exist, that never existed prior to these jungles of time and space. And so now we're here where we're all still one, but we forgot that. We're all powerful, we forgot that. We're everywhere always at once, we forgot that. And so in our forgetting, it's like, oh my gosh, the craziest, most hideous things can and often do happen. But let's not take it out of perspective. If you walk out your office right now, you walk out your front door, you will see love everywhere. Okay, from the birds and the bees to the African tulip trees, you'll see the sunshine, the clouds, 
the rain, the snow, the fog, the animals scurrying around, people walking their pets, friends and neighbors waving to each other. Yeah, they've got turmoil. They forgot who they really are. But there's love everywhere. And, and this is the default setting. Does the universe care? Is, is it non-neutral? Look around at you and look around at what's going on in your little ecosystem. There's such a predominance of love and harmony and order. It's everywhere. That's the universe. And when, and this is where I used to take this talk about judgmental doesn't mean um, neutral. When we think thoughts in alignment with our oneness, our eternal nature, with the love that is everywhere, with who we really are, thoughts become things much, much faster. That's why I say it's as if our positive thoughts, not to bring judgment into this, but thoughts in alignment with truth. There is a truth. You are almighty. Thoughts in alignment with truth, um, abundance, prosperity, joy, friends, laughter, holding hands. Those kind of thoughts become things like, like crazy, given the climate of love that we now live in, even when it's a planet filled with teeny, lean, teeny weeny pockets of fear, hatred, and ugliness. Okay, so our thoughts in alignment with truth, okay, in alignment with the non-neutral universe become things much quicker. Our thoughts not in alignment, it's very difficult to make ugly, unpleasant thoughts become things. We can do it. We can do it in a free will society. We wanted a blank slate, but it's very, very difficult. That's why almost everybody succeeds. And if you haven't succeeded yet, it's because you're still succeeding. You're in the process. Let the pendulum swing. Now, let's take this uh, equation and this energy and this neutrality understanding to behavior. When someone behaves outside of truth, if you will, when someone behaves without regard to the love that is holding them together, when someone behaves driven by fear and confusion uh, to such a degree they violate others, that's ugly. That's hurtful. You could call it pure hate, but it's love in disguise, love confused. Those things go against the grain. They break the mold. They cross the current. They are not neutral. They are not okay. It is not fine. And the person doing it knows it. Do we still love them? It's the only way to rehabilitate them. Love them from a distance. Love them behind bars. Press charges by all means. But to hate them takes you out of the flow, takes you off of that wave. You were hanging 10, man. It's all love going through eternity. And now you're bogged down through their confusion, adding to your confusion. And now there's hatred. It's just going to make it that much more awful and take that much longer for there to be rehabilitation. So do we love their behavior? Absolutely not. It's disgusting. It's pitiful. It's dreadful. It's pathetic. Uh, do we focus on that? No, we focus on the magnificence of the person who's confused and hurt to such a degree that they lost their bearings and did the unthinkable. Having spoken in the Orange County prison system for, for a year, two years on a weekly basis, one of the many things that astounded me and blew my mind and changed how I perceived the whole situation was again and again, there's like, I could only speak to guys. I was not allowed to speak to the women, but there was not a guy I, I ever had a conversation with nor overheard in their conversations together when they didn't talk about their mistake. They didn't talk about bad choices. 
They knew the question presumes that, oh, these narcissists in jail are perfectly fine with what they did. I never met anybody in jail who was perfectly fine with what they did. Yes, they were learning to love themselves again. Yes, they were mostly going through the church and religious systems. There was ministers and rabbis everywhere. I was the only non-religious person in there trying to make a difference, but they're all trying to make amends and understand themselves and understand reality because they're here set up for greatness as you are, as we all are. And we all have this inner barometer that tells us right from wrong. Better said, in alignment with truth or out of alignment with truth. And if you're in alignment with truth, your thoughts become things much faster. And if you're in alignment with truth, you fall in love and you see goodness and you forgive and you roll with it. And if you are out of alignment with truth, your thoughts don't become things very quickly because they're thinking stuff that doesn't serve you. And if you're out of alignment with truth and you're behaving against the current, your life is so hard and it's so difficult and you're dragging other people down with you. I'm not making excuses. This is not okay. As I said earlier, press charges call the police. Do what you got to do. But put it in order and put it in perspective. And don't think that because there's non-judgment from the divine's perspective that the divine is neutral or that the world is neutral. Just open the shades. Look out the window right now. Look down the street. Look at the love. I see friends saying hi. How's that Louis Armstrong song go? Uh, what a wonderful world we live in. They're really saying, I love you. I mean, there's just love dripping off of everything everywhere. And the people who go against it know it. And it's not okay with them. And it's not okay uh, um, in any regard. Uh, I've taken this conversation down the path of perspectives of those being violated. Uh, I've gone down there to the blame the victim. Just look in the directory of the archive of a, the three or four hundred other spiritual tune-ups if you want to continue this conversation. But I just want to speak to the awesome question raised. You know, are we supposed to just love everything, love everything? No, no. There's a lot of ugly, hurtful crap out there. And it's not about that. Those are ramifications of confusion. But the people who are lost Let's rehabilitate them, even if it means from a distance, um, behind bars, in a hospital, whatever. There's truly only love, and sometimes it gets confused. You live in a beautiful world. You couldn't be more safe. You couldn't be more powerful. You couldn't be more forgiven. You couldn't be more poised for the absolute best of your rocking life. So much to look forward to. All of us have so much to look forward to. Jumbo fellow adventurers, the day we've all been waiting for. Happy Fry, yay. Time for a spiritual tune-up. Lots of you, especially my Infinite Possibility members, have been asking some really cool questions about the will of God, the will of the divine, what the universe wants, what the universe puts on our path. Uh, here's, some, here's four different questions that I'll answer in succession. Mike, does the universe sometimes want us to endure a health struggle and not just be healed? Absolutely not. Never. There is no wish by the universe to interfere with your life. The universe had one big wish as far as your adventure is concerned, and that was to be you. To be you in this odyssey where you temporarily have forgotten who you really are, that you're everywhere else always at once, 
capable of doing all things. Why? So that you could remember. And in the remembering, in the wondering, in the adventure, you have confusion and crossed lines that create the side effects of illness or health. I just read something wonderful. I think it was Ken Carey. Um, it said, they said, um, disease does not create pain. Pain creates disease. Emotional pain, mental pain, anguish, confusion, not having your ducks in a row with regard to the truths of being that I've talked about in other spiritual tune-ups. This is our adventure, the adventure into the unknown because it's within our reach to know it, to contemplate, to go within, to, to use some rational deductive reasoning, reasoning, to be intuitive about our adventure. And then we find the truth that sets us free and we soar, not out of the jungles of time and space, but into a life of fulfillment and creativity, love, joy, health, harmony. The universe never gives challenges. The universe never gives tests. If there was challenges and tests that were administered from on high, it could never have been said, believe and ye shall receive. It could never have been said, thoughts become things. None of those things work, that your word is your wand uh, and other profound uh, phrases, because there'd have to be the caveat, unless it's not, as long as it's not test day. Your thoughts become things and you'll get, you'll receive as you believe, so long as there's no challenge lined up for you by the divine. There's no such limitation. You wouldn't have come here having your wings clipped or tied behind your back. You came here almighty, ready to rock and roll, fully cocked and loaded, if I may say that, in a peaceful, adventurous sense. There's no tests, no challenges. What, where you find things you don't like, that's your invitation to ask for clarity. Go within. Ask for help. Show up. Take steps in the direction of your dreams. Know that there's never a test, never a challenge. Nothing has ever been imposed upon you. Nothing, 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 nothing. There are no limits. Well, Mike, if the universe already knows us, is us, then why do we have to even wish? As I just said, your wish, your greatest wish was to be an awakening creator. Your wish was to forget to have this amnesia so that you could discover anew your power. As I've quoted a note from the universe many times, what's better than getting to the top of the mountain and partying with the gods? Getting there after having been lost. It's like, what's better than a weekend? Friday, because you got the whole weekend to look forward to. What's better than getting to the summit? Being lost and wondering if you'll ever make it. Sometimes maybe even giving up hope, thinking it's just not going to work out. And then you follow intuition, you connect a dot, uh, some angel whispers in your ear, and you have uh, new clarity, and you move forward, and you find the promised land after having been lost. It doesn't get any better. So if the universe already knows what you want, why do you have to wish? The wish was to be you, okay? And the wish was to be you lost, so that you could be found. But once that wish was made by on high, or call it your highest self, your soul, now the baton has passed, and now you are the carrier. Besides, it's all happening inside the heart of God, so the lions and tigers and bears aren't real, okay? However real they seem, not to diminish the pain and the ugliness everywhere, but you're safe. 
You're powerful. And this is what you wanted. And on a day-by-day basis, the divine and your higher self doesn't know the forks in the road you will be creating through your wisdom and through your confusion. And it doesn't know how you're going to choose. And you wouldn't want just the yellow brick road to show up no matter what your thoughts were. Because if you could think fearful, scary thoughts, but the yellow brick road showed up and everybody fawned all over you and everything was easy, you would like, you'd be like, this is a bunch of garbage. I didn't sign up for kitty land. I wanted the full blown deal. I wanted total dominion over all things. And now you have total dominion over all things. What you don't like, you can change. This is an adventure, okay? Not, not some preordained sissy path where everything is easy. Look, come on, you know, that's not who you are and you know that. And when you rise above the challenges or the confusion you're now facing, nothing will ever be sweeter than that. You can do this. Well, Mike, if, the, if we are the universe's ultimate creation, us expressing as God, why do we need to sign up for the challenges and experiences of the jungles of time and space? As I just laid out, you don't have to sign up for nothing. And you most certainly didn't sign up to stub your toe, to get cancer, to have your heart broken. That, that's not something you set out for. You set out on an adventure into the illusions where you would be bamboozled and hypnotized and wonder what the heck is going on. Seems like life is happening to you until you realize that your life and experiences are a mirror to what you're thinking. You don't like what you're experiencing? Change your thinking. You don't like what you're experiencing? It ain't God. It's you. And this is what you wanted to find out. So accept the challenge. Grab the mantle. Pull yourself up. You can do this. There's nothing you're facing that you didn't create. And as the creator, I've said it five times in the last five tune-ups, you're the greater. You are the greater. I know what it feels like, lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my life would be so great if I didn't have this, that, and the other to deal with. Your life is great because you have this, that, and the other to conquer. You will. You so will. See this. Ease into it. Diversify your life. Don't make it all or nothing. Don't put off your happiness. Enjoy every freaking minute. Dance life's dance. And the lions and tigers and bears will start dancing with you. You'll call them your best friends. So Mike, does God, the universe, have an unending need to achieve perfection through the expression of us? I wouldn't call it a need. God doesn't have a need. God wonders. The universe wonders and is curious and is playful, is already perfect. And so you, the child, metaphorically, are already perfect. You couldn't be more perfect. You couldn't be more loved. You couldn't be more powerful. You couldn't be more capable of dealing with the challenges now before you. Talk about perfection. The universe didn't need to achieve perfection. This is what you do in answer to all of these questions. You dream. Right now, as who you are, you dream. You wonder. You want financial abundance? It's yours. You want health and harmony, friends and laughter, a brand new Romeo travel partner? You can have it. Whatever you want, dream. And as you move towards those dreams, as you synchronize your words and your behavior with those dreams, you're moving towards them. Dreams always require physical action. Okay, that's why we're here in form. Got to move this form. As you move, that's when all of a sudden your confusion shows up. That's when you might have a backache. That's when you might have a broken heart. That's when you might 
these things show you where you have yet to gain clarity. Go there, welcome them. Hey, fear, come here. Show me what you're going to teach me. What have I not clued into yet? What's out there that I don't know? Because once I know, oh my gosh, then, I mean, I thought I was awesome before. I'm going to be so much more awesome. And then you go further down the path and it starts getting really fun and an upward spiral begins. And then the lions and tigers and bears grow wings and they show up and you welcome them. You say, come here, tell me, tell me what your gifts are. Tell me what, how we can do this. How else can I view this? Just open your heart and accept, accept where you are, accept that they showed up, bless them. Don't settle for them. Turn them into your friends by seeing through the, con the confusion that was already there, the pain that brought the disease, the pain that brought the heartache, the pain that brought the setback. And then you will be a, an ascended master as the expression goes, rightly so. Then you will have integrated your soul. Then the ego and your higher self and God Almighty will be moving as one and your wishes will be the divine's and the divine's wishes will be yours, which is the way it already is. You just don't really know that yet. You are set up for greatness. You are poised to rock and roll. Whatever it is that's bothering you, you can change it. This has never been about learn to live with it, learn to love it. Okay, you're going to live with it and love it eventually for the gifts that it imparts, but you can move beyond it. That's your superpower. That's your greatest gift. The universe has no agenda. There's nothing ordained, no challenges, no pain, no suffering. They say suffering. What does it say in the Bible? Um, I forget something about, uh, you know, pain is like a blessing or, uh, oh boy, I, I, I shouldn't have gone there, but I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Um, it's because when there's pain, you're forced to get on your knees and pray. You're forced to go within and discover your power. That's the blessing. So you're not supposed to wallow in pain. You're not supposed to be stuck with the pain. You're supposed to bid it adieu by realizing who you truly are. There you have it, fellow podcast listener. Now, let's stay in the zone. If you haven't already, please visit my website, tut.com, where you can sign up along with one million other subscribers for my free daily notes from the universe. You can also find out about my infinite possibility membership for a price you choose. Every single Tuesday, I do a live broadcast, a 30-minute mini manifesting workshop. Members have access to the last 52 mini manifesting workshops. So check it out. And if you have a moment and these podcasts move you, I would be deeply grateful for a review at the Apple podcast platform. Go to tut.com, look for spiritual tune-ups, look for the link for podcast. If you send us a screen grab of your published review at Apple, We've got a very special bonus waiting for you. Check out the links, read all about it. Thanks for being here, and I'll see you on the next podcast installment.